Welcome to the Fresh Start Church Podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. Here you'll find preached messages from our pastors. We pray that the spirit of revival is imparted to you as you listen. To watch live, check us out on YouTube or visit our website at freshstartaz.com. And to stay connected with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Can we pray just a moment longer? Come on. Can we pray just a moment longer? Come on, just a moment longer. I unlock the victory that Jesus won with his precious blood and his broken body on the cross of Calvary over 2,000 years ago into your life this morning. Can you lift your hands? Amen. Can you lift most of all your faith? We say lift your hands a lot because that's the posture of surrender. Most of all, we must lift our faith this morning. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to come in agreement with God. I taught the women yesterday, according to the story, lift your hands, lift your faith, of the woman with the issue of blood that pressed in to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. I taught them that in the Passion Translation, it says that Jesus' eyes are looking for faith that touches him. I'll say it again. Maybe you didn't hear me. This microphone is very loud. But Jesus is looking for, uh, his eyes are looking for faith that touches him. So right now in the name of Jesus, as you lift your faith and I lift my faith with you right now. Come on, there's some, there's some, there's some heavy needs that you're carrying. There's some things that you need, hallelujah, to touch Jesus this morning. There's some things that you need to shift Can we lift our faith? Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to lift your voices in prayer. Come on, in the name of Jesus right now. Father, I unlock, I unlock the kingdom over every need, over every situation, over every circumstance. I bind the spirit of fear and doubt and unbelief. I bind discouragement and defeat in the name of Jesus. I need somebody to help me pray. Come on. Is anybody willing to get a little bit of radical faith? I'm talking about a daring faith. I'm talking about a faith that doesn't care what anybody else thinks. Those of you watching online in this room, you got to hear me now that reputations have to die for faith to live. I said reputations have to die for faith to live. I said reputations have to die for faith to live. How many wants your faith to live in this room today? Then you need to press through the doubt. You need to press through the defeat. You need to press through the discouragement. You need to press through the lies. You need to press through the peer pressure this morning and find your way to the hem of Jesus' garment and pull on his essence and pull on his authority and pull on his victory in Jesus' name. I want you to lift your faith right now. Let it be so, Lord. Let it be so. 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 Let it be so in every life. Let it be so in every family. Let it be so in Jesus' name. And yes, Lord, let it be so in our nation today, oh God. Oh God, we touch the hem of your garment so that our nation can be touched. 
touch today by your power in Jesus name Jesus eyes are looking for faith that touches him and he told the woman that pressed through the crown he said woman because you dared to believe who came to church this morning because you dared to believe your faith has made you whole what doctors couldn't do physicians couldn't handle because you dared to believe fresh start church of america there was a lot of people reaching out to touch jesus that day they wanted to tag onto his anointing they wanted to be in the parade and follow the crowd but there was one woman there was one woman who made jesus turn around and he told the disciples who were scorning him and saying jesus come on everybody's touching you he said no he said no there was a woman or excuse me he said no there was someone probably knew it was a woman he said there was someone who touched my paraphrase he said they touched my essence and that part of me that releases healing Jesus was saying to to the doubting crowd that there is a part of me that is released when there is a faith that pulls on it. And Jesus said, that part of me was just released and I want to know who, whose faith it was. There's some intercessors in this nation who have locked eyes with Jesus and said, Jesus, I'm pulling on that miracle power that you are consumed with and clothed with. And I want to touch those clothes, not just the natural clothes, but the supernatural clothes Jesus, I'm an intercessor in this nation. And I lift a faith that will lock eyes with you. So that it will make you turn and say, there's the intercessor. There's the church. There's the believer that has pulled on my miracle working power. Hallelujah. There's so many that dismiss faith so quickly. Everybody's touching you. Everybody's praying. Everybody. But can we touch him today? Can we touch him today? I choose this morning to push past the crowd and the peer pressure. And I choose to stand in faith that Jesus is a miracle worker that God is a God of the impossible and there is absolutely no circumstance or situation 
that he will not work his will in the middle of. If he can lock eyes with somebody that has faith to pull on his supernatural coat that releases miracles. 98% of you are standing in this room right now. For the other 2%, if you could join us and stand. And those of you watching online right now, get up off your couch. Get out of your lazy boy right now. Throw your hands up in the air as the posture of surrender right now. Open up your mouth because your mouth releases miracles. Are you ready right now? For 45 seconds, we are going to begin to mean what we sing. Come on, body of Christ in America. We're going to begin to mean what we sing. In the name of Jesus, we declare that victory has the final word. We declare that Jesus has the final word. We declare that Jehovah God has the final word. We stand in agreement with the word of God today, knowing, oh God, that you told us to cry out in faith. And today we cry out in faith, believing that you are a God of miracles and that you are a God of suddenlies. We will not relent. We will not recant. We will not back up. We will not let up. We will stand as intercessors. We will stay on the wall. We will stay on the wall and we will call out unto our God and say, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let his enemies be scattered. Let the voice of the Lord grow louder. Let the voice of the Lord grow louder. Let the voice of the Lord grow louder. Grow louder over your situation. Grow louder over your situation. Grow louder over our nation. In the name of Jesus, we declare the victory belongs to the Lord. And we thank you today that you have promised in your word that you hear the prayers of the righteous. So we will not relent. We do not recant. We do not back up. 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 We, back up. we stay on the wall and we call on a God of miracles to be established in the middle of our lives, in the and in the middle of this nation, if that's your prayer of agreement, shout unto God one more time with the voice of Christ. I have an assignment this morning. I'll let you be seated in just one moment. And my assignment this morning is to keep the intercessors on the wall. An unguarded life, an unguarded family, an unguarded church. An unguarded nation leaves breaches for toxic to come in. An unguarded life, family, church, or nation leaves breaches, gaps for toxic or toxins to come in. Help me, Holy Spirit. I felt the Lord impress me this morning and he said, my people are confused right now. And he said, that's not good. That's not good. The enemy is confusing us and we should be confusing the enemy. Because confusion brings un unrest and disillusionment and frustration and unbelief. And the Bible tells us that a double-minded person is unstable in all of their ways. 
this is not the Lord's will. There are voices that are saying today in our nation that it is judgment. There are voices that are saying this is end time activity and persecution. And there are voices that are saying nothing right now. I will be uh, transparent to say today that I don't understand everything in my natural mind, but my spirit is at rest. I hope I say that and you receive it. And the message this morning will bear out what I'm trying to communicate. I'm very thankful to the Lord for all of you in this room and others across this nation that the Lord has groomed, especially through 2020, but even in this revival here at Fresh Start, has groomed prayer warriors, made a house of prayer. I, I wasn't excited to have to go through some of the things that I went through in 2020, but I can tell you that it made me a stronger warrior. It wasn't fun. But I can take you to days during the ridiculous shutdown where I was walking through my house and my hallways and my house. My husband the same, praying, 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 praying. I know you were probably doing the same in this room across this nation. God was grooming a people. God was sharpening our swords. God was giving us tenacity at many thresholds. How can you go with the horsemen if you can't even make it with the footmen? The Lord kept saying. And I spoke last year, the, the horses are coming in 2021. You may not remember that, but the word the Lord came out, the horses are coming in 2021. But I feel an army that is ready. In an hour when people in this nation and this nation's government needs it the most. You hear what I'm about to say. I do not know what's going to happen this week. God is a God of suddenly. But you hear me now. I am ready. We are ready. Not just in this room, but across this nation. I want to encourage the watchmen, the intercessor today. We are ready. We are on the wall. We're on the wall. Some of you may not understand the terminology on the wall, but the wall in, around the gates of the cities in the Old Testament is a spiritual parallel for, uh, for building walls of protection and walls of intercession and is likened to a watchman on the wall, intercessors on the wall. Don't have time to, to teach that today, but look it up. There's lots of teaching on it. When I refer to staying on the wall, I'm referring to intercessors. We've been groomed for such a time as this. Whatever you think, whatever you feel, whatever you believe, 
we are never given the option to get off the wall. We are never given the option to stop praying for our nation. And we're to always have a faith that believes that God will break through with victory and triumph over judgment with mercy and in the midst of end time activity with his favor. That should be our stance. Why would Jesus tell us to pray and not give up? To keep expecting and to stay alert and watchful if he didn't intend to hear and to answer those prayers. God must have a conduit of faith to work and to flow through in this earth. And we are it. When the Son of Man comes, will he find this kind of faith on the earth? Will he find people building the wall of prayer and standing in the gap? Will he find an if my people company in the earth who will humble, pray, turn so he can heal the land? We don't have to be confused today if we pray. If we will pray, I'm talking about strengthening the intercessors. My husband just prayed that a moment ago. I want to speak to you for the next few moments, and then we'll pray some more and we'll leave here today. It's very important as a revival church, especially that has been assigned uh, governmental legislative intercession, that we speak into this moment right now. And on Wednesday night, all throughout the day, as I was preparing to come and lead our intercession, the Lord drew me to Hezekiah's reign over Judah and the attack that was coming against that nation in that moment. And how Hezekiah prayed, and the Lord said, Hezekiah, because you have prayed, I have heard you. Because you have prayed, I have heard you. And Hezekiah's prayer shifted the course of a nation. Did you hear me? I know you did, but I mean, just an amen will help. Come on. Hallelujah. I love what Dutch Sheets says. He says, history belongs to the intercessors. History belongs to the intercessors. So I read this scripture, and then I'm going to ask you if you have your Bibles or on your phones or whatever, because some of this is not going to be, uh, I'll let you be seated before I do that. Um, I'm going to read some back scripture to this, and I want to be very methodical here at the beginning, because I want you to understand, uh, as we tie this all together at the end, uh, what the Lord is speaking to us. Because you prayed, look at your neighbor and say, because you prayed. Aren't y'all glad in the room today that many of us were standing here, were in the room today because somebody prayed for us? Aren't you glad that you've been set free from drugs or alcohol or addictions because somebody prayed for you? 
Aren't you glad, come on, that you're in this great nation today because somebody prayed for you? Aren't you glad, come on, come on, that we have freedom in the spirit and freedom in this nation because somebody prayed. There's power in prayer. And my subtitle this morning is just go ahead and spread it before the Lord. We'll get to that in a moment. 2 Kings 19.20 Then Isaiah sent word to Hezekiah saying, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Because you have prayed to me about Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard you. Because you have prayed to me about the king, the entity that is attacking your nation of Judah, the Lord says, Because, Hezekiah, you have prayed, I have heard you on your way down to your seat on your way off the platform tell your neighbor jesus hears your prayers today amen hallelujah those of you watching online stay with us do not tune out hear the rest of what the lord is going to speak to us this morning hallelujah i need you holy spirit i want to go back very quickly i'll do this as quickly as possible this morning i want to go back uh to chapter 18 and this is where you'll have to turn uh in your bible or your phone bible or whatever you have this morning and go back to the verse 13 there and it says in the 14th year everybody say 14th year I'll come back to that in just a second of Hezekiah uh, Sennacherib king of Assyria came up against all of the fortified cities of Judah and seized them now if you go on down uh, there was a there was a taunting there was a continual taunting and a continual attack of this nation I'll, I'll go into that further in a little bit uh, against uh, the nations of Israel and Judah but this was a, a this was a powerful powerful nation in the earth during this time uh, we can liken the the, the king Sennacherib and the and the nation of Assyria obviously as a spiritual parallel uh, to demonic warfare come on somebody uh, to the ranks of the enemy uh, that are launched even yes against the church uh, against nations against our nation and against nations and then if you go down to verse 17 it says that the king of Assyria he sent some people one of them was Rabashake uh, or something like that to King Hezekiah with a large army to Jerusalem. So Rabbi Shekai, uh, was a messenger and he brought with him uh, a large army to Jerusalem to deliver a taunting, intimidating, bad report to King Hezekiah. And, and uh, the, the Bible says in verse 18 that when they called to the king that Eliakim came out with a couple of other people and they they, they met this Rabbi and the others in the army. And then Rabbi said, he told Eliakim and the others, he said, now I want you to, this I'm paraphrasing, uh, and I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible right now. He said, say to Hezekiah, I want you to tell the king, I want you to tell the one who is in authority, this is what the great king of Assyria says. This is what the great king of Assyria says how many know ah, how many understand and I know you do in the room today that the devil wants to constantly whisper in our ear intimidating taunting mocking
saying words that will try to get us to back down off of our faith and off of the wall. Come on, what are you believing God for today? Come on, what are you wanting to press through today? I'm talking about in our nation, yes, but in your personal life. And this is a perfect picture of the taunting and the mocking and the intimidating voice of the enemy. And he says, tell King Hezekiah, the one who has the authority, he says this, what is this confidence that you have? What is this confidence that you have? Now that is speaking right now. As a matter of fact, mockers, your questions are being answered right now. What is this confidence that you have, King Hezekiah? What is this confidence that you have, the one with authority? And it was a taunting, ridiculing, belittling, intimidating, humiliating statement with a large army. Come on, somebody. A large army. How many know that those who are with us and for us in Christ are more than those who are against us? As a matter of fact... Hebrews chapter 10 says, do not cast away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance to receive the promise. The just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Chapter 11, verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God or to come into agreement with God. So to the demonic forces who are asking the watchmen on the wall, what is this confidence that you have? We answer you today. We do not cast away our confidence in our God. We do not cast away our confidence in our Lord because he has the final word and the final say. And the confidence that we have and the faith that we lift in him, it carries a great reward. But there is a need for endurance, the Lord would say, to receive the promises. And we choose today as the watchmen and the intercessors to live by faith and to not draw back no matter what happens we stay on the wall Rabbi Shakai Rabbi Shakai Rabbi Shakai Rabbi Shakai Rabbi Shakai however you say his name we answer we stay on the wall high five your neighbor and say we stay on the wall but if you go down through verses 20 and through 21 and, so, and, 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 and down uh, up to uh, verse uh, 26, uh, there's more taunting, there's more mocking, there's more uh, ridiculing uh, them for trusting in their God. Specifically, verse 22, uh, you say, we trust the Lord our God. And then he's more or less asking, where is he? Where is your God? Come on, somebody, help me in the room today. And then you get down to verse 26, and Eliakim, Eliakim cries out to Rabbi Shekai, and he says, don't talk in the Judean language, paraphrasing, in the hearing, watch this now, 
in the hearing of the people who are on the wall. I saw that and it leapt off the page to me that Eliakim, which by the way is the same Eliakim in Isaiah chapter 22, verse 22, who was handed the keys of authority to the household of David who could open and shut. Are you hearing me now? Eliakim cries out, please, Rabbi Shakai, do not speak to us, speak to us in Judean, in the language here, in the hearing of the people who are on the wall. And then he responds back, Rabbi Shakai, with taunting, ridiculing, belittling words in the language of the people so that the people on the wall could not only hear him, but hear him clearly with a loud voice, my translation says saying hear the word of the great king of Assyria thus says the king do not let Hezekiah deceive you for he will not be able to deliver you from my hand this verse right here shows us that the wall watchers were the target of this rabbi Shakai. I don't know if you're tracking with me here this morning but I told you my assignment is to keep the intercessors on the wall whatever happens in this nation, whatever happens in your life, it is assignment today to keep the intercessors on the wall. Quit acting like you're defeated because you serve the God of ultimate victory. Stop throwing away your confidence. Stop throwing away your confidence and stay on the wall. This verse showed me in the spirit realm, watch me now, that it is exactly the attack of the demonic voice of Rabbi Shekai and the, and, and the Eliakim who is trying, who has the key to open and shut, is trying to protect the intercessors who are the link to the victory in this nation. And Eliakim cries out to protect the intercessors. But the demonic Rabbi Shakai stands up and he says, I will say it louder. Who do you think you are? And the target was the watchman on the wall. Come on and shout if you know that the devil doesn't want the church to keep praying. Come on now. Come on now. Hallelujah. And it goes on to say, you go through the whole thing there down to verse 37. And it says, don't listen to Hezekiah, King Hezekiah. Don't listen to Hezekiah when he misleads you saying the Lord will deliver us. That's verse 32. Are y'all with me? Verse 37 says that Eliakim and the others, they tore their clothes. They came to Hezekiah. And I'll get back to that verse in just a moment. I want to go back to the beginning of, don't be concerned that I have two Bibles, two notebooks, two... (laughs) (laughs) My husband asked me as we were leaving the house, are you taking all that this morning? (laughs) I said yeah just in case let me do this quickly because prophetically I want to throw this to you today and I mentioned it Wednesday night but I've had a little bit of time to to pray and to study that this happened in the 14th year of King Hezekiah everybody say 14 happened in the 14th year of King Hezekiah. Hallelujah. 
Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, and he spread it out before the Lord. He spread out everything that was happening to the Lord, and the Lord heard his prayer. But it was in a very crucial moment of the nation of Judah. You see, crucible moments of a nation need crucial intercession. Crucible moments of a nation need crucial intercession. God heard the prayer of Hezekiah, and he turned it around for Hezekiah. You're like, spoiler alert, don't tell us that. Come on, y'all. That's the whole point of the message today. But what was significant to me in the season that America is in, beginning all the way back in 2020, is that it was the 14th year of King Hezekiah, verse 13 of chapter 18. He marched against all of the fortified cities of Judah and seized them. For no other reason except a prophetic impression this morning or a prophetic alert did I notice that it was the 14th year of King Hezekiah. Hear me clearly this morning. By no means do I replace my impressions with the word of God. Come on. The word of God is inerrant, but my impressions are not. Come on. But I will say this, that due to my impactful encounter last year, uh, January with the number 14, don't have time to go deeply into that. I paused briefly as I realized that this was the 14th year of King Hezekiah and that this may indicate, and I'm quoting from what I prophesied at the beginning of 2020 last year, a fullness of time moment and a cycle that had ended of necessary preparation or process. This was the exact verbiage that I used last year this time in January as I laid out the impact that I had had with the number 14. Because the number 14 represents spiritual perfection. It represents double perfection, double completion, spiritual perfection. Watch me now. Spiritual perfection does not mean flawless. It does not mean superior or without defect. But it does mean complete and whole and thoroughly processed and, and maturation of spiritual faith. I prophesied this in January 2020 or spoke this and I quote saying, a cycle has ended, things have have come full circle, number 14. We have entered, everybody say, we entered. In 2020, we entered a new phase and facet of God's time clock. I'm quoting exactly what was spoken last January. The progression of a season, everybody shout a season, has come to completion and now a new process will begin. And the Lord was speaking that a new process and a new season and a new facet of his time clock was beginning with 2020. Just because it's a new year now doesn't mean that we're not in a new time clock anymore. Are you with me? Hear me now. That began the next process and the next season and the next phase and facet of what God 
God wanted to do and how God wants to perform it. I came across an article this week. I don't quote a lot of people uh, over the pulpit, but because of the, and I don't read a lot right now and listen to a lot. I just want y'all to know that if you send me stuff, don't be offended if I don't respond uh, and that kind of thing. It's not that I disagree. It's just that I want to, I want to hear the Lord. Are you with me? I'm, 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 that's the only reason why I'm saying that today. But this stuck out to me, and this is by Lance Wallnow, and I want to quote an article that came out this week. And the reason why I do this is because I want us as, as church, as intercessors, as the body of Christ, to recognize the crucial season that we are in. Everybody say season, season. And I want to repeat what the word was last January. A cycle has ended. Things have come full circle. We have entered a new phase and facet of God's time clock. The progression of a season has come to completion and now a new process will begin. That was with 2020. This is the article and I quote, we are in, he says, a historic turning, turning that starts every 20 to 25 years. Turnings come in cycles of four, creating a span of four generations, much like the length of a long life, 80 to 100 years. This is called seculum. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. At the start of each turning, the national mood shifts as people adjust how they feel about themselves, the culture, and the nation, and what sort of future they expect. When an 80 to 100 year cycle completes, the nation experiences a defining crisis called a turning or a crucible. You and I are in a, alive right now during America's fourth turning. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The ultimate crucible. He said, consider the turnings that have occurred over the last 80 years. The first turning, he says, is always a high, such as the great American optimism that followed victory over Japan Day and Kennedy's uh, youthful promise. And then there was the second turning, which was the consciousness awakening. And this was like the Jesus movement and the free love and the drug scene. This began in the 60s and lasted through the early 80s. And the third turning always, he says, has an unraveling. And every American can recall the era of the long economic booms and the sudden bust while battle lines were in the culture wars. And this war has continued and collided till today. Now listen to the verbiage that he uses in the fourth turning. He says, at the fourth turning, there is always a crisis. It can come early or it can come late in the cycle. The journey from fall to spring requires a winter. Are you hearing what I'm saying as he is using the verbiage about seasons? And the Lord spoke to us on Revival Weekend and says we're something, some are stuck in the wrong season with the wrong clothes. Are you hearing me? You're stuck in the, come on, wake up, wake up. Oh, notice the language of seasons. I'm almost done reading his quote. The journey from fall to spring requires a winter, which like the fourth turning can be severe or mild, but he says it must come. He says our fourth turning as a nation was scheduled to hit somewhere between 2017 and 2023. And this is what he closes out with later on. He says when the fourth turning occurs, it is a crucible that redefines us as a nation. It is a severe testing or trial, an extremely challenging 
experience. And I will say again, end quote from him and quoting myself today, that crucible moments need crucial intercession. I said crucible moments need crucial intercession because an unguarded nation leaves breaches that can bring in a toxic order and toxins that will literally shift the nation in the wrong way. I don't know about you today, but I don't want to be caught off the wall just doing things like I did in the last season. I want to be in the right season with the right clothes on, not intoxicated with the last season, not intoxicated with how I built my ministry. Come on with how I did things in this season. Somebody shout, wake up! Come on. If this is truly a fourth turning, a crucible moment, then we cannot operate like we did in the first, second, and third as the church in this nation. Wrong season, wrong clothes. Shout at your neighbor, sober up. Stay on the wall. Tell them, come on. It's a season of turning, a season of transition. Now you hear me? I am not this morning talking about a presidential transition. But it is not by accident that this particular one is in the middle of this crucible moment. Choices made in this crucible moment of turning determines harvest and the outcome lived in the years ahead. I'm referring this morning to a spiritual shifting in reference to this, the word that I read to you from, from 2020. A spiritual shifting brings unsettled atmospheres as the enemy detects his time is shorter and shorter. He works to taunt the church. He works to intimidate the intercessors. He works to, uh, to intimidate uh, uh, the ministers and the prophets and the pastors. Come on. And the teachers and the evangelists. He works to confuse the saints in the body of Christ. He works in the spirit of the Antichrist to disturb atmospheres and then atmospheres disturb minds and disturbed minds produce disturbed and distorted hearts. The Bible says that in the last days that men's hearts would fail them for fear. If there's one word that prevailed over many people in 2020, it was fear. Fear for this, fear of that, fear of this. Come on. Men's hearts will fail them. Their hearts will fail them. They'll take their their heart out of faith keeping it in a season that they operated where they felt comfortable and God says I'm trying to move you at a crucible moment to rise up in another level of faith and begin come on to shift shift this nation your life your circumstance according to my plan don't be offended by this but people tend to do stupid things in seasons of unsettledness. Come on. And we've all been guilty of that. We, I won't ask you to raise your hand. I would raise my hand. We've all been guilty of that. Because when people feel out of control, they usually lose control. Come on. This is why it is more crucial than ever that we hear the word of the Lord for ourselves. Come on. That we hear the word of the Lord in our secret place. That we hear the word of the Lord. That was the word the Lord spoke to us in Revival Weekend a, a couple of months ago. There will be a word of the Lord. There will be a word of the Lord. And you will hear a word behind you saying this is the way. Walk in it when you turn to the right and to the left. I have an assignment this morning. And the assignment is to keep the intercessors on the 
the wall. And I'm going to tell you, you can hear the word of the Lord. You can hear the word of the Lord. You better minimize, you better scrutinize, and you better be wise right now in this season. What you allow your ears to hear and your eyes to see. Y'all help me. Come on. Because the more cloud that you cloud your hearing with other voices and the more that you entertain other things, the less distinct the voice of the Lord becomes and the more dependent that you become upon those voices. You see, this is why Rabbi Shakai, the Holy Spirit, spoke to me this morning. He said, Kim, that's why Rabbi Shakai would not do what Eliakim was telling him to do. Eliakim was saying, hey, just talk to me about this. Just talk to us. Don't talk in the language that the people understand because he wanted to protect the intercessors those on the wall but the demonic horde of Rabbi Shakai's spirit will rise up and rise louder and louder to scream in your ear to scream in your ear doubt and unbelief come on and saying where's this confidence where's this confidence that you have but I say today that the devil is a liar and that God is truth and that his word never fails do I have some people in the room today that understands that you can hear God. You can hear God. Somebody shout. Hallelujah. It's crucial that we cultivate the hearing of his voice in our lives. This has become a familiar phrase, but if you're in Facebook as long, longer than you're in his book, a good chance you're not hearing his voice possibly maybe some good opinions some good thoughts maybe some revelatory knowledge here and there are you with me come on somebody oh man hallelujah season spiritual turning with this thought in mind I personally felt that it was significant as a spiritual parallel that it was the 14th year of Hezekiah as king of Judah he arrived at a moment of a completing of a cycle, a turning, a season change. And it was at this moment that God could perform a miracle. It was at this moment that God could perform his purpose on behalf of his nation. And what Hezekiah does at this moment is crucial to release what God does next. Are you with me? 2 Kings chapter 19 and verse 1, it says, When Hezekiah the king heard the report, he tore his clothes and he covered himself with sackcloth and he entered the house of the Lord. Oh yes, he tore his clothes, he covered himself with sackcloth and he entered the house of the Lord. The tearing of your clothes in those days represented sorrow and remorse and repentance. Obviously today we rend our hearts We don't tear our garments As the Bible commands us We rend our hearts We tear our hearts before the Lord And this intercessors This army of God This Judah Which by the way this was the nation of Judah That Hezekiah was coming on behalf of This tearing of the heart Is a very important posture And it is the prerequisite Of the turning of a nation To righteousness 
in crucible moments in season change. And one of the main assignments of the swirl of the demonic in most of 2020 and the beginning of 2021 is to get the intercessors off the wall during a change of seasons. But we must not let the chaos get us out of faith and off the wall because an unguarded nation can result in a toxic turning. Come on somebody. I ask us today, will someone help us carry this nation in our heart? Not just in our head, but in our heart. The Lord told us fresh start that we cannot take a break and that our casualness is not okay. Do we move forward with the gospel? Do we move forward with revival? Absolutely yes. Do we move forward with signs following? Yes. However, we cannot bury our heads in the sand, possibly like the church did in the 1960s during the unraveling and act like nothing is wrong and that it will all work out. This results in toxic outcomes. Someone has to sound the alarm and say, church, arise and do the work of the ecclesia, the legislation to turn the side for the sake of the kingdom. Come on. If we want reformation, we we must learn legislation. You see, more than ever in my life, I'm concerned and I care about the condition of my nation. I admit that for a majority of my life, that wasn't probably my posture. Because like most Americans, we make our money, we buy our stuff. Come on, somebody. We're happy. We get fat off of our food. Come on. Well, just say it's true. You know it's true. Come on. Living in the land of plentiful, unaware, and even indirectly uncaring that the thief is plotting to steal, kill, and destroy the fiber and the fabric and the foundation of a nation. I said a mouthful right there, but it's true. Come on. This recent season in our nation has made us aware of our imperfections all across the board. Come on, y'all. Compromises in culture and in the church of unseen enemies in our land who are bent on destroying the blessing and the prosperity and the freedom which came with great sacrifice of many. I'm sure much of this personal concern on my part has increased with my age and now that I have grandchildren, come on, come on somebody. I, I mean, it's, 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 it's weighty within me, but I also would like to think that the spiritual perception and assignment into the purpose of a nation has a lot to do with it as well. Hang with me this morning because every nation has a purpose to reach its territory for the kingdom of God. Every Christian has the responsibility to pray this into reality. Our metrons, our boundaries, our territories, our spheres of influence are our responsibility and I know the devil takes it seriously and I know that our God takes it very seriously and he has given this earth to influence for kingdom purpose. He's given that responsibility to us as the church and when atmospheres get unsettled intercessors must stand in the gap they must stay on the wall when crisis causes a breach we must say you know what Rebbe Shekai you say what you want to say you demonic taunting spirit you say what you want to say but when there's a breach whatever it looks like no matter what it looks like no matter what the storyline is no matter what the narrative is I will stand in the gap on behalf of the land so that it will not be destroyed I want to be the one that catches the eyes of Jesus on behalf of this nation. Come on. A 
hands-off approach to a nation's spiritual destiny and natural needs goes directly against the Word of God and the precedence and the principle that the Word of God sets forth for the believer and the church. Just to live in a nation, but to consider ourselves separate from everything and that and prayer over our leaders and government and issues. If we believe that that isn't necessary or that it's not our responsibility, I hear to say to you today respectfully that that is not a biblical approach. Come on. God tells us that we are to pray for the country that we are living in and that the le- and of the leaders that govern it no matter who they are. Are you with me? We are to pray for the leaders in our country that govern no matter who they are because our leaders' decisions affect our quality of life and even, yes, get ready, the quality of our worship. Are you with me? No matter what year it is, no matter what it holds, no matter what leader, we must not get off the wall. We must not allow a Rabbi Shakai voice to taunt us and to intimidate us and to question, come on, our state on the wall and our confidence in the victory of our God. First Timothy 2.1 I urge you that supplications, prayers and intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and a quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Pray, Jeremiah 29.7 says, for the peace and the prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because its welfare will determine your welfare. Shout if you're hearing what I'm saying this morning. And most of all, come on, clap your hands because you know, Fresh Start, this is the assignment, not only of this house, but this is the assignment of the body of Christ in this hour and in this season. And you might be out there saying, oh, Pastor Cam, how can you get up and talk like this in the middle of all this tension? My God, somebody needs to get up and talk like this in the middle of the tension. Somebody needs to release the word and the will of the Lord in the middle. No matter who is in the White House, I will stay on the wall. I don't know what this week holds, but I'm going to stay on the wall, Rabbi Shekai. Rabbi Shekai. Rabbi Shekai. I'm going to stay on the wall because I want my daughter and her family and my son-in-law and your daughter and your son and your children and your grandchildren and the future of revival and the future of this nation. To be in a nation, come on, that has the glory and the power of God and the freedom. Rabbi Shekai. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but that's fun. Rabbi Shekai. Rabbi Shekai. What is your confidence, he said. What is this confidence? Isn't that the taunting voice of the enemy? What is this confidence? Rabbi Shekai. Obviously, I'm holding my book right now. I want to quote from Jackson Sinyonga. I put this in my prayer chapter. Strategically connected to revival here at Fresh Start in our year of prayer. And Uganda... And I've I've shared this here, but I'm going to share it again because it's very important, America, that we understand this mentality. We're spoiled, Americans. Come on. And all you from other countries that are here in the house today, you can shout. Go ahead. You can shout because you know it's right. And I say that to say because 
if we're not careful, you know when somebody has the wrong style dress on, like they're dressed like in the, you know, like the 60s or the 80s, you know, kind of thing? It's like, don't look at your neighbor right now. Do not look at your neighbor. <laughs> and it's like, that's, that's the wrong season. I don't want the church in this nation. I don't want myself. I don't want you. I don't want, come on, to be dressed like this decade and trying to operate like that decade in this decade. So Jackson Sinyonga says, this was a horrible time for the nation of Uganda. I'll say it again, that Hezekiah prayed to the Lord and because he prayed, God heard his prayer and saved his nation. He said, Uganda used to be the flower or the pearl of Africa. When Idi Amin took over, everything changed. We were dying. Neighbors killed us during the night. You couldn't run away from the city because of the roadblocks. And they would kill you. The airports were restricted. It was impossible to escape. We lived not knowing what to do. In our desperation, the devil made us pray. See, he says, still quoting Jackson Sinyonga, revival comes to us either from desperation or devastation. We choose the way we want our revival. He said, people in Uganda begin to pray like dying people. These are the kinds of prayers that bring revival, not casual prayers. Prayer was not an event for us. It was a lifestyle. We put demands on heaven to open and on the heart of God to respond. Prayer must be taken to that melting point. This wasn't organized prayer. It was jungle praying. Out in the jungle, in the middle of the night, crying out all night long, only to return in the morning with insect bites all over them. But they didn't care. Their hunger for God transcended their natural comfort. It was either God came or they were going to die. Transformation came to Uganda because of the fervent praying. I said transformation came to Uganda because of the fervent praying. Transformation came to Uganda because of the fervent praying. Prayer must be able to outcry the sin of the land before revival comes. When the sin of the city is crying louder than the voice of intercession, we will never see a new day of transformation. In America, you are accustomed to events. Therefore, you do not know how fervent prayer can be sustained. We're working to change that around here. Come on. Event praying is hit and run praying. And when we run, the enemy is occupying. Those prayers do not bring transformational revival. But in Uganda, we prayed every day for 15 years and would not take no for an answer. I ask you, America, how long are you wanting to pray? How long are you ready to pray? How long are you willing to pray, America? Come on. How long? Is it one year? Is it only on election year? How long are you willing to pray? We got to stay on the wall. No matter the circumstances, no matter the news report, no matter what this one or that one says, we've got to stay on the wall. Look at your neighbor right now and say, get ready, get ready to do some jungle praying. Hang on, I'm going to wrap this up in a second and we're going to pray this morning. He said, now watch what he said. We reached a melting point of prayer and God answered. And it affected the political system, 
the marketplace, and the church of Uganda. Today, there is a new atmosphere in Uganda. Prayer is everywhere at the time of his writing. In the state house, the parliament, the judicial system, the marketplace, on all levels of society, prayer has covered our nation. 15 to 20 Muslims give their life to Jesus every week. AIDS went from 24 to 8%. Their church went from a few people to thousands in two weeks. They kept building and building and building because God answered prayers, because somebody got out in a jungle. Come on. Somebody got out in a jungle and carried a nation in their heart and say you know what if I stay on the wall then it turns the eyes of Jesus looking for that one who will draw on my miracle working power if that's your heart in this room and you know God will answer jungle praying shout right now all across this place amen so let me close the story of Hezekiah up this morning. He spread it before the Lord. I encourage you today, whatever is in your life, there's many voices of counseling that you can go to. There's many things that you can turn on YouTube and on Facebook and on this, that, and the other, and they're not all bad and wrong. But I encourage you, the best thing you can do, spread it before the Lord. This prodigal God, spread it before the Lord. This sickness God, spread it before the Lord. Pastors watching right now, God, nothing is, spread it before the Lord. Second Kings 19.14, Hezekiah took the letter from the king of Assyria and the messengers that brought it. And he went up to the house of the Lord and he spread it out before the Lord. In verse 6 and 7, he had sent word to Isaiah the prophet saying, please pray for the remnant in Judah. And Isaiah said to them, this is what you shall say to your master. The Lord says this, do not be fearful because of the words that you have heard with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Behold, I am going to put a spirit in him so that he will hear news and return to his own land. And I will make him fall by the sword in his own land. Watch. After the word of the Lord came from the prophet Isaiah, if you go to 2 Kings 19 verses 10 through 13, watch this now. For the sake of time, I'm not going to read every single word, but Rabbi Shekai or the voices of the enemy began to taunt again. Are you with me? Even after the word of the Lord. Come on now. Has God given you a promise? Come on. We sang about it this morning. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. Let it be so. Has God given you a promise? Has God given me a promise? Has God given this church, this nation, the church in this nation a promise? Let me tell you something. There is a promise of the Lord. As a matter of fact, this word is full of the promises of the Lord. But even a personal word of the Lord that has been given to you or to your church or to your, or to your territory or yes, to this nation. Let me tell you what will rise up after that. It'll 
be the voice of Rabbi Shakai saying, what is this confidence that you have? What is this word? What is this word? What is this confidence that you have? And that's when you stand up. Come on, somebody, in the power of the Holy Ghost and the blood of Jesus. And you know that it is on the word of God. You know that it is the word of God. And you know that it is a word from the Lord himself. And you say, this is my confidence. My confidence is in Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of my faith. I stand in confidence on him, on his name, on his word, and in his blood. Come on, somebody, right now. Because the voice of Rabbi Shakai will come and taunt you and, and, and try to get you to back off. And this is exactly what happened in verses 10 through 13. And let me just announce this to you today, that any toleration of taunting will bring you down off the wall. We cannot tolerate the taunting. We must respond like Nehemiah did. We're talking about Hezekiah, but we must respond like Nehemiah did. Nehemiah had the same taunting spirit, just a different name that came and tried to get him down off the wall. And he was building the wall. And that voice named Sanballat came and began to taunt and began to mock and began to ridicule. And Nehemiah looks down at that taunting voice. And in my words, he says, I don't have time for you. I'm busy up here. Go away. Come on, somebody. If you have a yes and amen, that's how you speak to the enemy. If it's according to the word of God, that's how you speak to the enemy. Come on. In the name of the Lord. I'm almost done. Hear me, church. Hezekiah took it and he said, God, this is what they've said. And he spread it out before the Lord. God completes his purposes through the prayers of his people. The bad news came. The prophet speaks the Lord, word of the Lord in the outcome. Isaiah, the taunting of Rabbi Shakai of the enemy sets in. But you know what Hezekiah did? This was the turning point. He went to church or he went to the house of the Lord and he spread it out before the Lord. The bad news came. The word of the Lord came. The taunting of the enemy came back. Come on, are y'all with me? Hezekiah, it's a shifting moment in a crucible moment of a nation. He went to the house of the Lord and he spread it out before the Lord. I'm telling you today, spread it out before the Lord. I said, I'm telling you, spread it out before the Lord. Spread it out before the Lord. He didn't take a break. He didn't rationalize. He didn't just say, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. He didn't give in to the taunting. He said, I'm going to go to the house of the Lord, and I'm going to spread this out before the Lord. There's a lot at stake right now in our nation. Some of them are obvious things in the natural, but I confidently feel that there are some spiritual keys in this turning and this season that we're in that hang in the balance that will be given to those who are willing to do some jungle praying. Come on. Who will tear their clothes and who will spread it before the Lord. Hezekiah prayed for the nation of Judah and God heard his prayers. Once again, verse 20, God says, Hezekiah, because you have prayed, I have heard you. Get ready. We're going to pray. I have heard you. I could go through story after story after story in the word of God where God turned situations and God turned things around
down and God moved in his promise. Yes, some of them were shrouded and were shrouded in persecution. Some of them were shrouded in attack. Some of them were shrouded in, in, in all kinds of evil. But I'm going to tell you that if you are faithful to go to the Lord and spread it before the Lord and do your time in the jungle praying that our God will prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. We've got to believe and mean what we sing, body of Christ. Come on. we got to spread it before the Lord. Somebody shout if you agree this morning. Come on. Stand to your feet all over this building. Those of you watching online, stand with us. Pray with us right now. Hannah spread her need before the Lord. And God gave her a prophet to anoint kings. Nehemiah, who I just mentioned, looked down at the condition of a broken wall. And he spread it before the Lord. And God gave him a strategy. And he gave him a tenacity to build the wall again. Esther boldly confronted manipulation to destroy her nation. And she spread it before the king. And things turned. Abraham looked back at the lack of potential of producing a promised child. And he spread it before the Lord. And God gave him Isaac. I don't think you're hearing me this morning. Moses stood between the Egyptians and a Red Sea. And he spread it before the Lord. God parted the waters and drowned their enemies. God wanted to wipe out Sodom with Lot in it. And Abraham spread it before the Lord. He said, Lord, if there's 50, still righteous. If there's 40, if there's 30, if there's 20, if there's 10, will you destroy this nation? God spared Lot. When God wanted to wipe out the children of Israel in the wilderness, Moses stepped in and asked to be put in their place. Come on. Come on, American church. Come on, American church. Come on. Come on, American church. It's a different season. Hey. I said it's a different season. I said, it's a different season. Take the clothes off from that turning and that thing. Put the one on for now. Moses said, oh God, I know that they've been disobedient. I know that it hasn't looked good. But oh God, I'll go in their place. I don't think you heard what I just said. Stay on the wall, intercessors. Stay in between earth and heaven. Because part of calling a nation back to God's purpose and plan is a church that is willing to stand. To stand on the wall. To stand in faith. God, we spread it before you today. We do some jungle praying. Hand robo stead robo kedere di on robo stede ke anda robo stede 
and the roboco and a basso to troco shake it every so troco and that it be stole robo steady and the robo shady and the robo shady and the Lord, we stand in the gap. We stand in the gap. We stand in the gap, oh God. Rishta Brambani and that roasted and roasted and that the basidity on the roasted, Romandi and roasted and roasted and the Edolo Mondoria Sondreki stole Robo Condedi and the roasted and the roasted and the Edel Roshan did the Androbo Sendi and the Edromandi and the Roshendi and the Roshendi at Haha. In just a moment, I'm going to give an altar call and it's going to be twofold and I'll just tell you what it is right now. You're going to respond to the altar call on behalf of your nation today because we will continue to fill the gap. Come on. I said we will continue to fill the gap. We'll be back here on Wednesday night and we will fill the gap. Come on. We'll be back here and we will stand in the gap. But the second... The second thing for this altar call is whatever you you need to spread before the Lord today. Hezekiah went to the house of the Lord and he spread it before the Lord and he cried out to the Lord and he said he took the letter of the taunting Rabbi Shakai and the messengers the messengers of the king and he spread it out before the Lord and Hezekiah, Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and he said, "Oh God of Israel, you are enthroned above the cherubim. You are the God and you." Are you alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth you have made heaven and you have made earth incline your ear O Lord and hear and open your eyes O Lord and see and listen to the words of this king and these voices which he has sent to reproach the living God and he says now Lord I pray that you deliver us from his hand that all of the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone Oh Lord our God and Isaiah sent to Hezekiah saying because you have prayed the Lord says because you have prayed to me concerning the king of Assyria I have heard you come on intercessors lift a roar in this place this morning and spread it before the Lord Spread it before the Lord. This nation, your situation. I want you to open the altars and those who will come this morning. We're going to take just a few moments and we're going to spread it before the Lord. As you're running to the altar right now, lift up your hands and open up your mouth. Come on right now as we combat and we come against all the taunting voice of Rabbi Shekai that's trying to steal your promise, that's trying to steal your yes and your amen. Throw up your hands in the air right now and spread it before the Lord. What is your need? What is your situation? Spread it before the Lord on behalf of this nation. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening in to the Fresh Start Church podcast where we exist to influence a nation with revival. You can order Pastor Kim's book, Doorkeepers of Revival, at doorkeepersofrevival.com. And you can listen to Fresh Start Revival Worship on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you stream your music. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.